0: The job searches were pretty much leading me. I I was very overwhelmed and I'm very scattered throughout my searches, not really knowing where to focus or how to focus. And then, of course, as I'm looking at the calendar, all of a sudden, a week has gone by, two weeks have gone by, now then a month and then two months, three months. And I was getting very bummed out, (laughs) to say the least.
1: This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen.
0: We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it.
1: If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott.
0: Here's
2: Scott. Over the years, we've shown you a lot of career changes that most people would consider impossible. We know from being on the inside of these, that it can be really challenging to think about how on earth someone would make this career change from one drastically different occupation to another, or how they might go and get what most people would consider to be a impossible dream job and many, many other things between. So that's one of the reasons why we take great pains to show you how it works from the inside. For example, you know, how does someone go from identifying a list of organizations that they might want to work for and getting an opportunity with their number one company on that list?
0: I work with Wanderlust. And if you're not familiar with them, Wanderlust started as a yoga studio, but now has branched out and produces festivals and events throughout the world.
2: That's Tanya malcolm Ravel.
0: I got myself into a position where I am now a part of the production team involved in bringing Wanderlust into Europe and presently into London, into the United Kingdom.
2: Tanya's story is super interesting because she was trying to find her ideal opportunity in a completely different country. She's from the U.S., but her husband and her were relocating to London. The way she found her opportunity is even more interesting, especially since she ended up working with her number one organization that she had said, hey, this is where I want to work. So listen close throughout this conversation as she shares exactly how she did it. Here she is telling about where her career started.
0: Well, it started in New York City in television production So I really cut my teeth in the MTV, music television arena, and was in there, gosh, for about 12, 13 years, on and off, doing exploring within television production, and then jumping in and out to different facets of the music television arena. So I was, like I said, a TV producer, but I also did experiential marketing around events, and I worked on festivals. And until very recently, I was working as a tour manager for pretty big bands. And like I said, I'd done this for years and years and years. And the overwhelming process throughout every new job that I would take was, I really don't like this. I really don't like something in my job, because it's not fulfilling. But it's not necessarily the work itself, although I'm sure there are bits and pieces that drive me nuts. But it's not yeah. that particularly, it's a bigger umbrella, and I can't quite put my finger on what the heck it is. But, you know, there's a new job, and it's right in front of me, so I'll go ahead and grab that one anyway, and that's been pretty much my story year over year, you know, the available job, and not really diving in deeply into why am I having these thoughts, you know, why is this job career not really fulfilling? So, why is this circle keep happening? Exactly. So my journey started, gosh, you heard what I was saying about not being fulfilled about my position, but my journey really started, the transition really happened when my husband and I decided to move outside of the United States and come over to the United Kingdom. And I was ecstatic for many reasons, but in terms of my career, I thought this would be a great opportunity to just not reinvent myself, but maybe just do that, reinvent myself, look at what I've been doing, and start from scratch, which, you know, sounds all well and good. And ideally that would have happened and I would have gotten a job the next month or day or whatever.
2: (laughs) Twenty-four hours later at least. We've arrived. Okay. (laughs) Where's it at?
0: Unfortunately, after a little bit of a longer ordeal getting a work visa, the spouse work visa, I just kind of sat down and said, I refuse to fall into my old ways. I really need to think about what I want to get out of my next position. I'm in a great place to do that right now. There's no overwhelming monetary need for me to jump into something. As I felt that years and years, living in New York City, it's just all about the next job and who knows you. So I felt like to slow down and really evaluate where I was at. And I tried to do that on my own and realized very, very quickly that I was going nowhere fast. The job searches were pretty much leading me, I was very overwhelmed, and I'm very scattered throughout my searches, not really knowing where to focus or how to focus. So getting more and more frustrated throughout the entire process. And then of course, as I'm looking at the calendar, all of a sudden, a week has gone by, two weeks have gone by now then a month, and then two months, three months, and I was getting very bummed out, (laughs) to say the least. And then I think I went online, and I just said, I need to find a podcast about career transitions and finding a job. And I stumbled across your interview with uh, on Max List. And I swear yeah. I listened to you and that happened to your career boot camp. And you were talking about it. And I said, oh my God, that's me. This is what I need. I need guidance. I need a voice who can help me get to the bottom of what I truly need to get, not just for myself, but just that great work-life balance for myself, my husband, my career, etc. And I went online and I think we were talking within the next couple of hours. I called your emailed you right away. And voila, I was inundated with the happened to your career process.
2: I think I got your email. Somehow ended up on a Skype call. Like, "Ah, I'm just going to call
0: her. That's exactly (laughs) how it happened. And I have to say, Scott, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my husband and I said, this is the first time where I feel like I have found someone and something that is going to make me focus and give me purpose. But I feel like I my purpose is about to explode everywhere. And having gone through a couple different conversations with you, I jumped into the boot camp and, you know, the rest is history, so to speak, in the sense that ultimately, and I'll give you the abbreviated version and then dive in a little bit more deeply, but ultimately putting in the work and the effort throughout the boot camp, really paying attention to myself and my thoughts and like kind of my gut as well, what worked, what didn't work throughout my career, what I was looking for, what my wants were, what my motivations were, my minimums, my ideals, etc. And just putting this all down on paper, you know, I realized it's not rocket science. At the end of the day, this is me. But what it did for me is it helped to put me into perspective. You know, it helped me to really think about myself in a different light by evaluating like my skills, my beliefs, my needs, and my wants. I mean, it was almost like I was able to see myself through a bigger lens. and then, in turn, now I was able to properly position myself and focus myself like in this career transition. And that's the key that had been missing this entire time. I didn't know how to position myself. I didn't know how to focus, and I didn't really know what I wanted at the base. So going through everything, coming out of it at the back end with this great, like my career profile and and it's there and it's what I want, what I need. And then focusing my search on companies based upon that, that shared my belief system that had the values that I was looking for. I targeted Wanderlust and I think it was one of the first companies that came out of my mouth once, as soon as I had this great profile and I was like, I want to work for Wanderlust.
2: Really? That's pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I had a couple of other places on, on my list, as, as you should. Yeah. That was always key and number one. So, yeah. And then I just did everything that you guys basically coached us to do, the reach outs, the network, you know, massaging your network to see who knows who and reaching out to them and seeing if you get introductions and being very bold and forward, which is part of what I do in my job. But in terms of a job search, I was very hesitant to do
2: It's outside your normal conventional operating area. And that was the
0: other piece. It's like, okay, look, you want something this desperately or this badly, then why wouldn't you work outside of your normal operating levels or your normal conventions? What's the worst that they can say? (laughs) You know, but that's better than no answer whatsoever that you wouldn't have gotten in the first place. So... I did all of that. And I got into one of the co-founders of the festival. I got directly to him. (laughs) And he, in turn, then, you know, obviously responded to my email. And then because I'm now in the UK, he shot me through to that arm that deals with all of the branding outside of the United States. So then, of course, then bigger conversations started there with that entity. And it was a little bit of a painful process just because they weren't quite ready to have the deeper conversations, although they did recognize that I would be a good fit. It was one of those things, and you've mentioned this, and Lisa, during many of her coaching sessions, reiterated this. It's not necessarily what they can do for you right then and there. It's about establishing a relationship and keeping that relationship going so that when there is an opportunity you're the first person they're going to think of. And Scott, that's exactly what I did.
2: No, this is so wonderful because I'm not surprised by (laughs) it anymore. I don't think that's the right word, but I'm always amazed at how when you define what it is that you want, when you know what you want, and then when you take action or ask for what you want or go after what it is that you want, very often-
0: It manifests itself, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, it is- just in really interesting phenomenon that I observe all the time in my life. I've observed in a lot of the lives mm-hmm. of our students. Clearly, this has happened for you. And just like you said, the other really interesting part of that is 100% of the time, or I should say nearly 100% of the time, what we want is outside the realm of what we've done before, which means that by definition, it's outside our normal comfort zones or normal operation zones or anything else, which also by definition makes it uncomfortable. So it's kudos to you for moving through that, because that's not an easy thing to do at all. It
0: wasn't. But you know, Scott, at the end of the day, if you want something and you're determined to make a change in your life and in your career, there, I could not go another day saying, oh, I'm not happy, or I don't like my job, or I wish I didn't have to go to yeah. work today. I was over that. I spent way too much time thinking of the negatives. So there was only one thing for me to do, and that was focus on me and the positive and the future. I couldn't dwell on the past anymore, and it wasn't beneficial for me, nor was it beneficial for my job hunt. So I still am flabbergasted that the conversations went very, very well with Wanderlust, but I'm still flabbergasted that they said, hey, by the way, the London events are starting up, and we'd like for you to lead the charge on it. Are you available to start tomorrow? (laughs) So, yeah, it was exactly like you had kind of presented it in the sense that the hard work, the dedication, having your career profile or dialing that far down into your wants, your needs, your beliefs, et cetera, like I had mentioned, and coming up with that, you can only find something that is going to speak to you and represent who you are because that's what you're focusing on. And that's where your career search is going towards. So at the end of the day, whatever presents itself is going to be a positive outcome for you, no matter what. And that has been the biggest revelation for me. I will never go out for a job just because it's presented itself on some random LinkedIn you know, job blast. And it sounds good, other than me focusing on companies that I know that I will be appreciated in. I know that I will be able to grow in. I know that I will be able to work in some sort of collaborative environment. A big piece for me that having a flexible work schedule, I really don't like taking the tube during rush hour. I don't know too many people who do.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) But
0: having the schedule where I could flex my hours and work from home when I wanted to and also go into an office if I wanted to. And they are 100% on board with that, which I did a couple of fist pumps in the air when I heard that. But more importantly, working with people whose values really align with me and mine. So, yeah, I have got all that. I have got everything I wanted. That's the craziest part. Everything. Not one, not two, not two and a half. Like
2: everything. It feels crazy right now. But I think the cool part is that now that you've done that, you realize that that is something that you can Build for yourself every single time that you want to make a switch, or I don't know if something changes in your life in which you need something different and you have to make a change for one reason or another because something no Mm. longer aligns, then you now have the tools and the experience to know that that's totally possible for yourself, which is super, super cool.
0: Absolutely. And I have the tools to be able to pivot. I mean, it's called a career pivot for a reason, right? And I feel more confident. And being able to shift left to right, front to back, whatever, but knowing that I'm going to move forward in a direction that aligns with me. And again, I've never had that before. I've never had that feeling behind me.
2: You're in such an interesting place because you've just moved through it. So I'm always really interested in people's opinions. Like I'm a research nut in this way. But what do you feel like were some of the key either events or things that had to happen in order for you to be ready to make this type of change and look at it in a different way. As you look back, what were some of those for you? And I think it's a little bit different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I think 100% like phase one was figure out what the heck I wanted to get out of my career, what I wanted to get out of this next phase in my life. And I think everybody has to do that before they can be successful in anything, period. I mean, you can go through life, you can go through your jobs and be successful. But to truly get every drop out of the experience and more positive, obviously, than negative, you've got to figure out what makes you tick and what's going to keep you going, 100%. Well,
2: let me ask you even a little bit Mm -hmm. before that, what caused you to get frustrated enough? to the point where you wanting to do it differently than you had done it before. I know that you had mentioned, hey, there was this move to mm. London and it seems like the opportune time and certainly timing had happened. But I know plenty of people that have made a move abroad or moved to a different country. I've interacted with those people over email that aren't to the point and level where they're necessarily going to take action. Got on it. it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as I mentioned, I was working in television production and entertainment. And what I didn't mention is I was living in Los Angeles prior to moving to the UK. So being inundated in the entertainment arena, again, it was a great stepping stone. It's gotten me to where I'm at today. But what it really quickly does is it frustrates you by the amount of ego that needs to be managed in throughout if it's artists, producers, etc. The one thing that I, through my search, I my profile, I've really understood that I'm very yeah. good at being that person that can morph myself into different situations. So I'm very good at flexing and being supportive of others. Yeah. And I was doing that more to it an extent where it was more detrimental to me and my career health.
2: Ah, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I was giving out more to others than I was getting back. So and you know, okay, great. This me choosing to do this. But the consistency of doing that year over year and feeling like, while yes, I was progressing in my career in terms of title, I wasn't getting anything back in terms of support, or just if it was just a little kudos, hey, by the way, great job. Nothing, just nothing in that regard. And it didn't make me feel good at the end of the day. Well, yes, the event, the project, the festival, the concert was a success. I was still kind of at a, you can say one to 10. I was always at a five in terms of what I would get out of it. Uh-huh. So I was absolutely frustrated with that. And every job even moved through different arenas from television production to festivals thinking, okay, maybe something new and different will happen here. At the base, I really did like a lot of the work that I was doing. It was just this overarching piece that I thought I could change up. And unfortunately, it wasn't working, at least in that entertainment, festival, TV arena. So, with the move, I knew I wanted to put a stop to that cycle, and that I wanted to get a lot more out of myself. And out of what I was doing for others. And I wanted to be more empowering to a community, but also something that I could feel proud of and say, hey, mom, dad, take a look at what I just produced, you know, instead of some random show on MTV. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the impetus behind me really starting the journey. London was the conduit and happened to your career was the platform. So, yeah,
2: I love that. I'm going to borrow that. Except for it might change from London. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. No, but that's exactly that's my story on the front end into a nutshell. And then other things, just in terms of what else had to happen to make this happen was very quickly. I've always been into yoga. I've always been into health and wellness. I haven't been the woo, -woo, you know, 24 seven type of person. Yeah. But it's always been very integral in my life. No matter where I've been, if I've been on the road, I would always take out time to go to the gym, maybe take a yoga class, go to the Y, walk around the park or whatever, you know, have a good meal. So that's always been a foundation of who I am. So, which was great, but I didn't have the network here in London. So the other part is I really had to establish a network and put my face out there, take those leaps that didn't feel comfortable and maybe present myself at an event where I knew nobody And with business cards and a handshake, just make people know me, like, I'm here yet again. And I did that and did with a couple of key influencers in the health and wellness market. And it just resonated. So I put myself in front of yoga studios and actually said, hey, by the way, if there's an opportunity, I'd love to volunteer and help out and once a week, or if it's event based, I'm here. And I actually got signed on with one of the largest yoga studios here in London. Really? And funnily enough, this is a little secret, but funnily enough, we're going to try to see if we can get them on board at Wanderlust because it's such a great studio and I have all the contacts now.
2: Hold on. that's a. This is something that is really interesting that happens with nearly everybody that goes through this <laughs> process. Is And it's so fascinating to me. You go through and I'm going to call it just doing the work. You're putting in the reps, for lack of a better phrase. And inevitably, you start to build relationships. Absolutely. And then as you build those relationships, you don't know where or when necessarily, but those actually end up becoming useful or mutually beneficial for... one degree separation. Yeah, exactly. For a variety (laughs) of different reasons, not necessarily just... You know, transactional, it's going to get me to my next job or whatever it happens to be. But this is super, super, super cool. Yeah. So now (laughs) you not only got to know these people and... It sounds like people that you were really interested in knowing anyway, based on the work that you had done and said, hey, this is kind of where my values and interests and everything else fall. But then now it sounds like you're getting to work with them continuously or possibly, right?
0: Absolutely. And you're right. The people that I have met just by doing that, the world is large until it's not. you know. And the health and wellness industry in the UK is booming. But it's still, I mean, compared to the US, it's still fledgling. So the people who shine and actually take an active part and participate, you will see them over and over again, or you know, or maybe you recognize another person at the next event. So having the touch points with the yoga studios, having the touch points with the gyms, having the touch points with the great health platform aggregator that just kind of brings in the health wellness news and not regurgitates, but brings it in a nice condensed package to the consumers. And they also have events. So I would go to their events where you would meet influencers in the health and wellness arena, whether it's clothing lines or food products, et cetera. So just a bunch of different POVs in this arena. Then, you know, afterwards you'd get to meet them, cards or exchange and so forth and so on. And that's just what I was doing. And I kept building and building and building. So much so that with Wanderlust, you know, a big part of any event is the ties into the community and obviously for the the consumer draw, but also what can we present to the consumer that they're going to like and appreciate. So having gone to all of these wellness industry events where they've presented the new and upcoming trendy thing or what's resonating, I already know all of this stuff. The research is done And now we just have to go out and engage them. So I could not have made this up, even if I tried. But yeah, no, really, I couldn't. But just staying on top of it, even when I, you know, in here in London, the rain, you know, rainy day, didn't really feel like doing anything. I didn't really feel like going up to Soho (laughs) to go to an event. But I just, you know what, Tanya, at the end of the day, what do you have to lose? And just did it. And every single time I've walked away saying, oh, my gosh, I got... This person's contact, I had a great time. I learned more about X, Y, and Z out of everything, and nothing has been too small or too big.
2: Let me ask you about a couple of different pieces of the the process, for lack of a better phrase, like your journey, we'll call it that. <laughs> you mentioned earlier you had sent an email and connected with one of the main people for events. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm curious for people, we touched on it earlier, but I'm curious what you actually did in that particular case and why you feel that particular email, contact, et cetera, actually worked uh, what about that's it? That's a
0: great question. So it wasn't as simple as I, you know, it wasn't as streamlined as that. What happened yeah. was I came out of, I forget what week it was in the boot camp and I was like, Eureka, I know what I want. I want to work for Wanderlust. And again, I just started looking at my network first and foremost to see if I had any ties with Wanderlust. And on the first level, I didn't think that I did. And I just started mentioning it to everybody. Again, I'm trying to manifest it. So I'm throwing it out there. And every person that I met, every person that I had worked with, I said, hey, by the way, you know, I'm really interested in working with Wanderlust. Do you know anybody or have you been to one? etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So I actually landed on a coworker who had, she said, I don't know anybody directly at Wanderlust, but I think I know somebody who's good friends with one of the founders. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so based upon my relationship with this woman, which was fantastic, my co worker, she then introduced me to reached out. Yes, indeed, that this other woman had a relationship with the co founder. And then in turn, based upon their relationship, introduced me on the weight and the strength of my work, my ethics and just what I could bring to the party. So then this woman took it upon my friend's word that I'm badass and introduced me to the founder. Now, that was great. I've now got an email address, I have somebody who's setting this up. That was a big part, but what really sealed the deal and this is something that Lisa and I had gone through and you're sending these emails out to people and they're getting a crap ton of them day in, day out. You've got to differentiate yourself, one. But you also have to say, look, this isn't just about me trying to get something from you. I want to give something back to you as well, if possible. And it's an information exchange, uh, first and foremost. And I know I'm alone with you, but you need to know what that means. And I think the person help in this, your transition moving overseas. So more succinctly and more deeply than I've just kind of articulated it. I sent a really badass, excuse my French, email to Sean, outlining all of this. And he said, yeah, you do seem like the best person. Let me introduce you over to the EMEA people, the people dealing with Europe, Middle East, and Asia. Very cool. And that's how that transpired. It was really cool. But I don't think he would have given me the time of day, if A, if the intros hadn't weren't as strong as they were on the from my friends, but B, in terms of the written communication from myself. If that had lacked or didn't really show my enthusiasm, then I'm again, I'm one of many as much as I'd like to think I'm amazing, which I am (laughs) on paper that can fade and fizzle fast if you're not scintillating or you don't kind of let them know that you're really willing to be the brand or you're really into their brand.
2: Especially recently, a lot of research on how these types of connections are made and why they're so effective. Uh, And first of all, it's so interesting that most, not all, but most, like someplace in the range of 70 to 80% of these types of opportunities, these types of it's my dream job type opportunities Mm -hmm. are found based on interactions through weak ties. Yes. Yeah, meaning that it is not necessarily somebody you know in your immediate network, because if it's somebody you interact with all the time or somebody who you regularly see or regularly talk to or whatever else, then you're probably already aware of any people or opportunities that they know immediately. However, it's usually in the less strong ties and less strong relationships where you begin to find those type of things that, that aren't known to you when you're seeking it out. In this case, it was a former coworker who Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Absolutely. People underestimate, I have, I did for many years, underestimated the weight that is carried behind a strong recommendation and some of the psychological reasons that trust and credibility are already there when you have that initial weight behind it for somebody that you know and like already. And it just, It adds like 150 pound weight to whatever force you're already carrying. So, your really awesome written communication that you had sent off was I don't know, it's like parachute or something along those lines, or sailboat or something like that. And all of a sudden, you get this huge gust of wind behind it, and now you're cruising. Struggling for an analogy, but we'll work on that.
0: No, I 100% agree. And again, it was just articulating it's like, look, I am looking for a job in this company or with this type of company or with this particular company in general. Do you know anybody, or just keep me in mind? Mind. And I guess that was my mantra.
2: Yeah. This is so amazing for so many different reasons. I'm really curious because we've got so many people that listen to the show that are in the place that you were not that long ago. Where
0: I was that person listening to the show,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> in
0: the same <laughs> where, position, absolutely.
2: Yeah, you've been in the cycle yeah. and you're there and you're frustrated and you're not entirely sure what to do differently. But what advice would you give that person who's in that place?
0: Don't let the hard days. Or the days where you don't think you're moving forward or that nothing's happening stop you or slow you down. I think that for me was the really, really, really tough part when I didn't see the end of the rainbow, you know, the the end in sight. I couldn't necessarily get that particular connection that I wanted, or I already gotten some sort of negative feedback or no feedback. Don't let that stop you. If anything, you should double down on your efforts. And I know it's harder to do than say, but you know what? caffeine and chocolate will get you through it. Just do it. You've got to do it. Because I worked so hard that when this happened, it felt so frigging sweet, that much sweeter. And I would have been happy no matter what. But knowing that I made this happen, it wasn't somebody coming to me. It wasn't me trying to throw my resume into a random lotto of 100 million other people for the same job. This was me networking. This was me taking my relationships. This was me top of me just kind of sticking with it. when, Even when I wasn't getting a response on an email or a phone call, I was just calling back and making sure that they knew who I was. So stay strong, kick ass, and just remember that you are who you are and you yeah. bring a lot to the table.
2: Absolutely love it. You did such a great job. And I so appreciate you taking the time and Coming on and being able to share your story so that everybody else can benefit from it too. And firsthand, congratulations. I hadn't even told yeah. you that yet, but <laughs> only you. over email. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cool.
0: Oh, gosh. I'm staring up at the sky and I'm still kind of flabbergasted. So thank you. Thank you, guys. This was an amazing journey. You know, you held my hand along the way and you got me to the other side. And for that, I will be eternally
2: grateful. Well, I appreciate you letting us take along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, thank you again. Thanks, Scott. Here's something else that's not obvious from listening to this conversation with Tanya. So I'd actually recorded this conversation quite a while ago, and since then... Tanya has actually transitioned into another organization. And here's what's really interesting about that. I I think this is fascinating because one of the biggest questions we get, or one of the biggest fears we encounter as it relates to career change is, well, what if I choose the wrong position? What if I choose the wrong position? What if I choose the wrong company? What if I, what if I, what all the what ifs, right? So Tanya actually went, got this great opportunity with wanderlust, which you heard about. And then was there for about a year. And then it turned into, through a variety of events, turned into a situation that was no longer great for her. So she took literally everything that she learned through this process of career change that we got the opportunity to help her with and use all of that to relatively quickly, far more quickly, make a transition into something that was even better. Pretty cool, right? Right. <laughs> so, worst case scenario, that's what's so interesting about this process. I wish that we taught this in schools because what is so interesting is that you can use this the entire rest of your life. These types of skill sets are worth developing because they make everything else that you want possible, even <laughs> when life gets thrown at you. So, great job to Tanya, first of all. And If you want help or figuring out how to make things that seem impossible happen in your situation, that's what we're here for. So here's what I would suggest. Just open your phone right now and open your email app. And I'm going to give you my personal email address. Scott at happened to your Just email me and put conversation in the subject line. And then when you do that, I'll introduce you to the right person on our team and you can have a conversation with us. We'll try and understand your goals and what you want to accomplish in your career, no matter where you're at. And we can figure out the very best way that we can help you and your situation. So open it up right now. And send me an email with conversation in the subject line. Scott at com.
1: Basically, I've been doing this for free since I've been in high school.
2: That's Chris Benet. He lives in Vancouver, Washington, which if you don't know, is across the river from Portland, Oregon. But for a long time, he was involved in business development in the corporate travel industry. However, he had this hobby he called car consulting.
1: And it's just started off that people would say, well, I'm thinking about this type of car and I would start to talk to them and do that. But I really always hesitated from going into the car industry because I'm just going to say it outright and very direct. It's Please. usually kind of a sleazy uh, industry that people, they've been through the strategy of spending five to eight hours in a dealership, just being drugged through the mud on buying a car. It shouldn't be that hard. And it's actually a strategy of theirs that they're trying to use to wear you down to where you're going to just buy this car from them.
2: Now, I want you to fast forward here or 10 months after Chris had been working on his career change. Here he is again.
1: What I'm going to be doing is going to be a consultant for AAA Oregon. And this is their services they called AutoSource. And it's a car buying service. And what's great about it, Scott, is that They're able to talk to me and I am not a dealer. They'll be able to talk to me as a consultant just to talk them through the types of cars that they're looking for or possibly, like I said, selling and just to give them some great inside information on that. This is something I would, it would not be a job. And this is what you always talk about, Scott. It's really not a job that I'm going to. It's just something that I'd like to help people with and I feel I'm pretty effective with that.
2: Okay. Let's break down what led up to this change and how this hobby that he now gets to do for a career actually happened. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep and you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios, I'm out.